This episode is sponsored by the Learn Jazz Standards Inner Circle. If your goal is to level up your jazz playing this year and feel confident improvising over jazz standards, the Inner Circle has everything you need and more. With monthly jazz standard studies, a library of powerful courses, and a vibrant community of like-minded musicians, you're guaranteed to improve your playing every single month. Podcast listeners can get 50% off their first month when you go to ljsinnercircle.com. That's ljsinnercircle.com or find the link in the show notes. Now, on to today's episode. Today on the podcast, I'm going to be talking about 32 jazz standards that I've had my students in my Inner Circle membership learn for very specific reasons that I want to share with you. And I want you to also see of these jazz standards, which ones do you know and which ones would you be interested in learning so that they can help you improve your jazz playing. All right, you ready to do this? Let's jump right in. Welcome to the LJS Podcast, where you get weekly jazz tips, interviews, stories, and advice for becoming a better jazz musician. And now your host, he's a jazz musician, author, and entrepreneur, Brent Bartstra. Hey, what's up, everybody? Brent here from Learn Jazz Standards. We help musicians just like you learn how to play jazz all while shortening the learning curve. No matter what instrument you play, welcome to another episode of the podcast. Everybody loves a good jazz standards list. I've noticed that because anytime I publish a a podcast episode or a YouTube video or anything really, or even like a a blog post about jazz standards lists, people love them. And I think the reason they love them is because it's fun to kind of see which jazz standards you know and which ones you don't know. And I also think it's valuable just to understand which jazz standards are important to learn, right? Like which ones are going to give you the best the best bang for your buck, right? When you're when it comes to practicing. And certainly there are jazz standards in my opinion that have a lot of very common harmonic lessons or certain things that are going to help you with other jazz standards. And the thing that I really believe, and if you've been listening to this podcast for any amount of time, is the more jazz standards you learn, the easier jazz gets, the better you become at comping or playing bass lines or improvising jazz solos, because you just understand the language that's being used. You understand the harmony better. You start seeing patterns emerge. And so that's why in our Inner Circle membership, we actually learn one jazz standard every single month. And so today I'd like to share with you the 32 jazz standards that we've actually studied so far in the Inner Circle, because again, I've I've chosen these very specifically every single month. Uh, because they have certain lessons or certain things to teach us. So let's start going over those right now. So the very first jazz standard that we ever studied in the inner circle is called On the Sunny Side of the Street. So on the sunny side of the street. So this one is a really great tune because it really goes through a lot of great diatonic harmony, right? So it's in the key of C, but it has this great, you know, true five one to A minor and a dominant two chord, which is very common. Common turnarounds like the one, six, two, five goes to the four chord in the bridge to F major, right? So a lot of important things that are happening. It's also just a lot of fun and really bluesy. And I remember when we first started the Inner Circle, I was thinking in my head, let's start this whole thing off with like a really fun swinging tune where you can play blues and you can play the changes and all that good stuff. So number one is on the sunny side of the street. Number two is called Out of Nowhere. Number two is Out of Nowhere. Sounds like this. Great tune. Really love this tune. 
This is an interesting one. It's not necessarily, well, first of all, it is a common jazz standard. So I almost said it was uncommon. What I meant to say, what I meant to say, what I was about to say is that it's not a jazz standard that's as common as per se autumn leaves or all the things you are, right? But it's still a common jazz standard. So we always try to choose songs for our Inner Circle membership that are songs that may get called at a jam session or something like that. But what's really cool about this one is it actually starts in G major, but then does this B flat minor, E flat seven. It's called a deceptive cadence. It has nothing to do with the key of G major, which is what the key of the song is in. Um, but it's kind of interesting in that way. And it starts introducing certain harmonic concepts like deceptive cadences and unexpected chord progressions that don't have anything to do with the key center, even though it's mostly what I would call a diatonic song. So it's a great one to learn for that reason. Um, it's also just a fun one to improvise over, I personally think. Really good one. All right. Jazz standard number three, the third one we learned, is called Recordame by Joe Henderson. So it sounds like this. It's basically sort of like a Latin groove is basically what it is. Kind of like a, like a pseudo like bossa nova kind of situation. And the interesting thing about this one, not only is it important to know Latin grooves and bossa novas and stuff like that within the genre of jazz, it actually kind of starts out modal. It starts on this kind of uh, A minor 6 chord and then it goes to C minor 6. It lands on those for... Uh, is it four bars or two bars each before going to a series of two five ones a two five one to b flat major two five one to a flat major two five one to g flat major so it's all like descending whole steps to f major and then back around to the top to a minor six so it's a very classic jam session tune to know but also great study of two five one chord progressions most important chord progression in jazz and kind of an introduction there a little bit into modal harmony which is kind of cool all right so the fourth jazz standard is song for my father by horace silver sounds like this yeah great tune so the funny thing about this one is it's actually not very difficult. It's basically just a lot of F minor, E flat seven, then a D flat seven, C seven. It's kind of like a tritone substitution, two, five, back to F minor. That's mostly what the song is, honestly, it's just those chords. But a lot of people play the melody wrong. You know, a lot of people play it the simplified version, which is... Uh, I can't even do it. Hold on. Yeah, that's how they do it. So that's not the correct way. It's actually... And you got to listen to the original version, right? That's the Horace Silver version because Horace Silver wrote this tune. So the melody is actually kind of a little hard to play, honestly. But it's a great one because all day long... Right? You can play bluesy stuff, but then you have that E flat seven that you have to address, right? That you have to outline. So it's like, hey, we can play the blues, F blues all day, but we also have to hit that E flat seven and some other changes. So this is a great one to learn. And it's also just so common that you just have to know it. Okay. Jazz standard number five is Misty by Errol Garner. Sounds like this. Right, that song. It's a ballad. Really good ballad. So obviously we need to know some ballads. Misty is a really popular one. A lot of people know this one. It's also a little bit, you know, it's not the easiest 
ballad either. Like it kind of goes into some weird different twists and directions. But I think that challenge is really important because ultimately, yes, there's a lot of jazz standards and I've definitely covered them on this podcast before that are a little bit more accessible and easy to learn and good introduction jazz standards. But eventually, once you start kind of getting those under your your fingers and your ears and you start understanding harmony better, you're just going to notice that a lot of other jazz standards have a lot more dynamic moving chords. And Misty is no exception to that. So great ballad to learn. All right. Number six is Doxy by Sonny Rollins. Right? Really good song. Yeah. Very bluesy. Right? Lots of practice around that. B-flat is what the tune is in. We actually cover this song in our Inner Circle Power Plan course. It's kind of like a, a good course for our new members that we do um, to help them kind of get introduced to what the Inner Circle is. And we, we do that because it's the melody is not that hard, right? Right. And there's a lot of really cool bluesy things we can do on it. A lot of people are already familiar with the blues when they're coming into jazz. So, yeah, it's a great tune to learn. Great, great jam session tune. Kind of like just one of those you just absolutely, absolutely have to know. Okay. Jazz standard number seven is Bye Bye Blackbird. So. Right now, this song is actually kind of tricky to me, not because it has a lot of chord changes. It's actually just a lot of F major and then a little passing diminished chord there, two, five. So just one, six, two, five kind of stuff. And so it kind of just begs the question, like, what do we actually play over this? What you find kind of notice once you sort of get into jazz a little bit more and start understanding how to improvise more, you actually start preferring there to be a little bit more moving chord changes rather than just staying on one chord or a few chords at the same time, because it becomes difficult to know what kind of language to play over top of it, because you really get used to playing two, five, one language and all that stuff. So Bye Bye Blackbird does provide a bit of that challenge, but it's also a really fantastic uh, jazz standard that is so common that you should learn it, right? It's just, it's going to be called People Know Bye Bye Blackbird. So it's just one of those that you can't get away with not knowing, okay? So the next one, jazz standard number eight, is called Blues for Alice. And you'll have to forgive me, I'm a little rusty on this melody at this moment. So I'm not going to play it for you. But the main reason that we learned blues for Alice in the inner circle was because it's what we call a bird blues. Okay. Bird blues, bird is uh, another name for Charlie Parker and Charlie Parker wrote his own bebop sort of changes to a blues. So, you know, I believe it's in the key of F major. So, and then it goes F major rather than a dominant seventh. So that's kind of the first difference between a bird blues and a regular blues, but it goes major seventh and then it goes five to the relative minor and then to the four chord there right and then three six two back to the top again for the second a i guess of of the blues so yeah it's a it's kind of an interesting song form but you know a bird blues is kind of um common so you should know a few of them Blues for Alice is just a classic one. Uh, so clearly, I have to brush up on that again. But yeah, so that's why we learned that one. And uh, I would highly recommend knowing some bird blueses, but Blues for Alice is, is a good bebop one that you should know. Number nine is Wave by Antonio, Antonio Carlos Jobim. Sounds like this. So just an amazing 
bossa nova that you absolutely need to know, right? Like it's not as common as the girl from Ipanema, um, which debatably is harder, but it is a really important bossa nova that a uh, very common jam session one. And it also has some strange harmonic twists and turns. Like it's by no means what I would consider an easy jazz standard to learn, but it's one where when you when you're done learning it, and I guess I could say that for most of these jazz standards, but when you're done learning it, you're just going to have benefited so much from exploring the different harmonic sequences that are happening in it. So that's Wave by Antonio Carlos Jobim. The next one is Beautiful Love. minor tune starts actually on the two chord two five one then it goes two five one to f major it starts in the two five to d minor then it goes to f major so you know relative keys there so great study of that right there really just if you want to get good at not only playing in a minor key but good at playing minor two five one chord progressions and force yourself to come up with creative ideas of what to play over top of those, Beautiful Love is a fantastic tune to do that. All right, number 11 is In a Mellow Tone. This is Duke Ellington. So sounds like this. amazing song it's just such a swinging song and like any duke ellington tune is going to be super swinging so i like this one because it actually starts on the dominant two chord going into the one chord it's uh, which is a flat but again it's another great study of just then after that going to the four chord which happens all the time so Going to the one chord, two, five, one, and then a two, five, one to the four chord. And a lot of other cool things that happen in this song, but really it's just not only a good jam session tune that you just need to know, really great stuff for just playing a, a great swinging tune and working on your swing feel and making it feel really, really, really good. Okay, so number 12 is fantastic tune called Olio, right? Now, Olio is a rhythm changes tune, right? So, sounds like this. And, did I just play? No, I played that in B-flat. I thought I played it in C for a second. Yeah, it's a B-flat rhythm changes tune. So, rhythm changes is one of the most important song forms in jazz that we have to get really good at playing in, right? So... You always want to give some time to the blues and you want to give some time to rhythm changes and knowing a handful of heads to each one of those two important song forms is important. So Olio is one by Sonny Rollins and it's probably one of the most common jam session heads for a rhythm changes tune. So that's another great reason why we studied this one. All right. So number 13 is Impressions by John Coltrane, which sounds like this. That's that's basically the whole head, except for then it goes up to E flat minor. Right, so really it's a it's a modal tune. It's just D minor, so lots of D Dorian ideas, and then it goes to E flat minor, and then E flat Dorian ideas. So this is a contrafact to so what? So so what's the Miles Davis tune? Exact same chord changes just a different melody. So we studied this one because obviously modal is really important to jazz. So just understanding like, how do I improvise over just a D minor and an E flat minor? And another important lesson why we studied this one is how do we not get lost? It's actually really easy to get lost in a tune like Impressions because it's a lot of the same chords going by. So we have to develop that internal time. So lots of compounding lessons that happen just from working on a tune like this that may seem deceptively simple. However, there's so much depth within this song and a lot of 
challenges that arise because of the song form that you have to tackle. All right. Number 14 is the classic ballad, Georgia on my mind. So sounds like this. that one it's a classic one obviously ray charles has his famous version of it but of course it came before ray charles right in fact the interesting thing that we actually studied particularly um when we did this song which was june 1st to 2021 i'm seeing so june of 2021 when we studied this one is we actually did a little bit of comparison between the different chord changes that exist for this song so we kind of looked at at the original changes. We looked at the Ray Charles changes. We looked at like what we would call per se the jam session changes, which was another kind of interesting lesson that came out of this outside of just learning yet another important jazz ballad is that chord changes to these songs change depending on what recordings become popular, um, depending on how close to the original changes they actually stay to. Right. Um, like, again, when Ray Charles did a version of the song, he had his own set of like kind of more gospel changes to this. And those changes became pretty popular. Right. So all that stuff is, is important to be aware of when you're studying jazz standards. All right. And number 15 is four by Miles Davis. Sounds like this. really great song by the way i think that four actually might have been written by somebody else i think a guitar player but miles davis took credit for it anyways miles has done that on quite a bit of stuff for example um blue and green he kind of took that from bill evans but um bill evans actually wrote the song now it's all cool miles davis estate um agrees that it was bill evans who wrote the song but uh, that's that's a total side tangent but four is a a very common jam session song really common jam session song so it's one that you really have to know and it's also typically played at up tempos something really important to know is that you know if you ever learn this tune from like the very i think it's the real book um first edition or or one of those editions it actually has the wrong changes in it like quite a few wrong changes in it so it's important to always go back to the original recordings of everything and that's certainly what we do in the inner circle is like we me and my team we go through and we listen to a bunch of recordings we cross reference things we make sure that the right changes are there or if there's multiple sets of changes that you should be aware of we write alternates and stuff like that so listening to recordings is really important but four four is a great song to study just to go like hey we have to address the elephant in the room of jazz which is we sometimes have to play a little bit faster than we want to play right so that one is a great one to study for all right the next jazz standard that we learned number 16 is beatrice by sam rivers and it sounds like this good really good song so this is an interesting one to study because it's actually a mixture between modal and diatonic harmony it kind of mixes both of them for example it starts at the beginning on an f major seven then it goes to a i guess you could call it an f sharp major seven um so f major seven or a g flat major seven back to f major seven then to an e flat major seven before heading to a a D minor seven, which is kind of interesting. But then there's, you know, two fives to F minor to D minor. There's two fives to the F major. So there's both in there, right? So this is a really fun tune. I used to play this a lot on gigs and sometimes maybe it was overplayed, but just a really good one in general to know. Okay. So number 17 is a really important jam session jazz standard. And that's softly is in a morning sunrise. Thank you. 
So it's really just like a study of the C minor. Two, five, one, two, five, one, two, five, one. And you can just practice playing minor two, five, ones all day long until you get to the bridge where it goes to an E flat major and then a passing diminished chord, an E diminished seventh to an F minor seven, F sharp diminished seventh to a G7 before, again, turning around back to the top of the A to minor. So it's really mostly just two fives to C minor until you get to the bridge where you're going to have to deal with this idea of dealing with how do you improvise over top of those passing diminished chords, which definitely happened in other jazz standards. So softly as in a morning sunrise is a big bang for your buck kind of tune. So number 18 is There Is No Greater Love. And yeah, just B flat 7, E flat 7, D minor 7, G7, C7, F7, B flat 7. And then it goes... 2-5 to G minor, so the relative minor in the bridge, but it's actually kind of similar to doxy at first until we get to the bridge. So kind of a lot of blues harmony, a lot of that stuff going on. But then when you get to the bridge, it's just 2-5 to G minor, 2-5 to G minor. So you're learning all of this, this language. Again, it's like, hey, doxy, I've studied doxy before. So you're able to apply that kind of stuff to there is no greater love. But then you're like, oh, we just studied softly as morning sunrise. I know how to improvise over top of a minor two, five, one. Let's keep doing that, right? Because then you're during the bridge of there is no greater love. It's just minor two, five, ones, right? So hopefully you see as well, the more jazz standards you learn, it's kind of like a compounding effect. Basically, it's like you start seeing all these patterns emerging. You're having or had already addressed a certain issue, and in our case, one month at a time. So it's not super overwhelming. You're having addressed two five ones and different issues, and then you see them come up again in other jazz standards, and you're that much better every single time. And then you learn something new at the same time that eventually, for sure, will come up in another jazz standard. All right, number 19 is Corcovado. That's another bossa nova tune, another um, Antonio Carlos Jobim tune. Corcovado, again, when we talk about bossa nova, like bossa nova is an important genre to jazz that you need to know. So we've already covered a few of them, right? We've talked about um, Song for My Father being involved in there. We've talked about Wave. Now we're talking about Corcovado. I mentioned in passing... Um, the girl from Ipanema, which we we ha- we don't study in this, we haven't studied in what we call the Jazz Standards Club in the Inner Circle memberships, where we learn a new jazz standard each month. But we have studied that in one of our Jazz Standards playbooks. So they're really important these bossa novas to learn, and so highly recommend taking the time to learn a bunch of these. It's a really beautiful tune too. By the way, Quiet Nights and Quiet Stars. That's kind of like the English version of the vocal version of that song. So yeah, number twenty is Yardbird Suite by Charlie Parker. Ooh, love this one. The E minor during the bridge. So this is a great bebop head. If you're trying to learn some bebop heads, but you're finding that bebop can be too difficult, like you're trying to learn a confirmation or an anthropology or something like that, like those are difficult heads to play. Yardbird Suite is a lot easier to play, but it's still classified as a bebop head, right? And it's really great harmony too. So it's really just a lot of um, C major, right? But does this interesting backdoor dominant thing. It goes C major, then it goes F minor 7, B flat 7, 
back to C major seven. That's called a backdoor dominant, right? So that's just like one tiny thing. Like you just learn eventually what a backdoor dominant is. And a tune like Yardbird Suite will teach you what that is, especially if someone teaching it to you, right? That really helps, of course, as well. So this is a really fun one. I used to like nerd out over the song and I would used to be like my song. I would call it at every single gig. I just loved playing this song and there was just certain recordings I loved um, that really inspired me of musicians that played Yardbird Suite. So really fun tune uh, to play as well. Again, the bridge, just, you know, two, five, one to E minor, but then two, five to D minor, right? So it's like, again, minor two, five, ones that come up over and over and over again, right? Number 21 is another one of those jazz standards that became like a jazz standard I would play every single gig. And that's my shining hour. song it's just such like a triumphant song it's such a uh, fun song to play um this is another one I, I know i keep saying this on this episode but this is another one that really really will pay off big time when you really work on it um and again that's why we choose these songs for the inner circles we want this to happen for our members so lots of you know one six two five chord progressions that's the one of the most important song uh, chord progressions in jazz, right? One, six, two, five. Then it goes to the relative minor. Jazz standards always go to the relative minor. Dominant two. Then it goes to the four chord. That we've covered a lot of songs already that do that, right? To A flat major. That's the four chord of E flat major, which is the parent key center. But then it goes to A flat minor. So it goes to like this parent minor, I guess, of A flat. So we call this modal interchange. And that also happens a ton in jazz. So how do you navigate improvising over that? Like, how do you make that switch from the major to the minor like that of the same chord? That's what happens when you study My Shining Hour. Also, this one tends to be played at a medium up tempo. So you can play it up as well, like really lightning fast, but medium up is kind of general tempo. I hear this one played at. So again, we have to deal with those up tempos as well. So that one teaches us that. All right. The next song is Up Jumped Spring by Freddie Hubbard. I'm not, I'm not going to even try to play a chord melody of this one. Let's see. It's a, it's a so it's a tune in three four and that's why we studied it. We have to learn some songs in three four. Of course, there's someday my prince will come. That's an important three four tune to learn. Up jump spring is another one. Now this was one of the more advanced songs we've ever learned in the inner circle. Like it was, it's just just a more advanced song. It not only is it in three four, which sometimes can be challenging. It's played at a relatively quick tempo, hence why I wasn't going to attempt a chord melody on it, and. It has a lot of cycling chord changes in it going a multitude of different directions. However, what I always like to say to my inner circle members whenever we're studying one of these tunes is, you know, even if you don't end the month feeling like you've mastered a song, which you never will, obviously, but that you've like, wow, I'm playing amazing solos over this, or this is going amazingly, right? Even if you don't leave with that feeling, the struggle, right? And I hate to say struggle because we want to have fun when we're playing music, but sometimes the struggle of working on something that's just a little bit more advanced than we're used to, or that we may have the skills to execute perfectly, coming out on the other side of that, we're going to be just that much more sharp. We're going to understand music better. Our three, four is going to be better. Our feeling of the time is going to be that much better. Our ability to shift, even if it's just how to how to transition from one chord to the next, if we just got that one thing because of that challenging tune that we worked on, it's all worth it, right? And so Up Jump Spring is one of those where, you know, I think I believe I gave a bit of a pep talk to the, <laughs> to the members over this one. All right. So the next jazz standard is Yesterday's. So number 23 is Yesterday's, and it sounds like this. 
yesterday's is just like one of those uh, minor bluesy tunes that is a must know. It's like a jam session jazz standard that will be called if you go to a public jam session at all. So yesterday's is one of those that you just really have to know. And again, great study of minor tunes, right? So that's why we studied it. Great, great minor, minor jazz standard study. All right, the next one that we learned, number 24, is Darn That Dream. this tune great jazz ballad this is not an easy jazz ballad right and, and jazz ballads tend to not be very easy because there's a lot of chord changes does this little sidestep two five to e minor from g and then it goes to a <laughs> a minor yeah it just it goes a lot of places during the bridge it goes to e flat major which has nothing to do with g major which is the parent key but it's such a beautiful song. It's one of my go-to ballads, honestly. I really like um, Darn That Dream. So, yeah, great ballad to learn. One of those that I think everybody should spend some time on. Number 25 is St. Thomas. <laughs> St. Thomas, this is by Sonny Rollins. A funny thing is our um, music production manager, community manager, Brett Pontecorvo on my team, when we were putting this study together, I remember specifically talking about how this song is deceptively hard, even though the chord changes are very easy. It's just like, you know, one, six, two, five, and C major. And then the bridge is like, not the bridge, but the second half is three, six, two, five, one, little bluesy thing to the four chord again, then back to the one again. So it's not actually complicated harmony compared to a lot of other jazz standards out there or ones that we've studied, but to find out what to play over top of it, especially because it's underneath a calypso or a straight eighth groove. And when we play jazz, we can get very, you know, get very locked into playing swing kind of stuff or even just bossa nova stuff but even different latin grooves or straight eight stuff can start to feel a little bit different and kind of throw us off a little bit when we get really locked into those kinds of grooves so saint thomas is is great and it's also fun and it's also again like it epitomizes what you would call a uh, a jam jam session jazz standard one of those you just have to know number 26 is but not for me Sounds like this. Goes to the four chord. All these songs go to the four chord. I mean, again, the patterns that start emerging. Then it goes to the four minor, just like it does in, in My Shining Hour. I mean, it's just, uh, I mean, really, but not for me, is is kind of like My Shining Hour just skipping the this movement to the relative minor. You see how this works, guys? You see how just learning a, new, a jazz standard once a month and learning another one and just keep learning jazz standards, eventually it really does just start unlocking all the secrets here, right? It gets easier and easier and easier. All right. All right, the next jazz standard is Black Orpheus. <laughs> Sanova jam session song that you just have to know and there are obviously lots of great minor harmony in it there's a lots of minor opportunities that arise within 
Black Orpheus. But again, it's just mostly one of those bossa nova jazz standards where if you don't know it, you're going to be you're going to be caught off guard at some point. All right, jazz standard number 28, believe it or not, is Giant Steps by John Coltrane. <laughs> So Giant Steps, why the heck would I have my Inner Circle membership uh, members study Giant Steps? So Giant Steps, obviously, is dubbed kind of one of the most complicated songs in all of jazz. Um, And so it's a lot of people think of it as like it's a rite of passage, right? You just have to learn Giant Steps. And honestly, sort of, that's why I had them study it, because it's kind of like you should just at least attempt Giant Steps at some point. But really the biggest reason I think that I wanted to study giant steps, and I think it's a good idea for you to study it at some point in time, is it's actually not as complicated as you might think. I mean, it is, but really it comes down to revolving around just a series of key centers. And that would be B major, G major, and E flat major, right? Those are the key centers. And we arrive at all of them. Now, there's obviously the cycle of major thirds, all the theory around Coltrane changes, which I won't go into right now. But we arrive with all of them with five one chord progressions. So it's B major and then a five one to G. It's one of our key centers. And a five one to E flat, our other key center. A two five to G major. A five one to E. And then a five one to B major, right? So really it's these three key centers, but we're approaching them all with five, one chord progressions. And I often say that the two, five, one is the most common chord progression in jazz. And it is, but the most common chord progression in all of music in general is five, one, right? So we just get rid of the two it's five, one. And ultimately that's what like getting really good at improvising or navigating any kind of music is really going to help you with right is understanding the five one chord progression right understanding like right how do i play an altered idea like that like i just played right how do i play anything over top of a five to one chord progression and so giant steps ultimately is the ultimate study of that five one five one literally the whole song is basically five one five one and then eventually yeah it goes to two five one two five one two five one two five one right in the second half of the song but still it's mostly just five ones right so that's why i wanted them to study it and I think a lot of people really benefited from studying Giant Steps the month that we did that, which was this past August. And so it's it's one to give a chance, like instead of writing it off as like, well, no one's ever going to call to ask me to play that or, you know, I'm not interested in like learning something so complicated. Again, as I mentioned with Up Jump Spring, sometimes these challenging songs have a lot to teach us. Okay, so uh, jazz standard number 29 is Sandu. Okay, so this is a blues. And I mentioned before, when I talked about Olio, rhythm changes, that we should know a handful of blueses, right? We should have a good number, you know, five to even 10 blues heads in our arsenal, right? So Sandu is one of those, but... A couple of reasons I wanted to study this one. So obviously the blues, but two, we just came off of giant steps in this case. Um, so I wanted to study a song that was a little bit like more accessible, but also Sandu is a special jazz blues because it actually is in the key of E flat and you don't see a lot of blueses in the key of E flat. Mostly you see them in, at least in jazz, you see them in B flat, G, F, and C. Not so much E flat. Now you see lots of jazz standards in the key of E flat. Like we had My Shining Hour was in the key of E flat, but Not For Me was in the key of E flat. Many, many other ones. So it's totally pertinent to study a blues in E flat. It totally makes sense to do it. You're going to be working on your E flat language, but also you're going to be working on your blues language. And it's always a good idea to take the blues into many different keys. I actually would be a proponent to say, take it into all 12 keys. We actually have a course where we actually do that um, called our Jazz Blues Accelerator. So 
I would recommend learning Sandu not only because it's actually a really fun melody, but because there's so much you can learn from it. All right. Jazz standard number 30 is How High the Moon, right? So it sounds like this. Right? You know that song. So obviously Les Paul, there's the Les Paul and Mary Ford version that made that popular. There's the Charlie Parker and Ella Fitzgerald recordings of those that are really cool where she comes up with her own alternate lyrics. So High, How, How High the Moon um, is a great tune for studying 2-5-1 chord progressions again, right? It really just cycles through a bunch of different chords. So it starts in G major, then it goes G minor, so 2-5 to F, and then a 2-5 to E flat, then a 2-5 to G minor, then a 2-5 to G major. It's kind of weird, but really it's just a bunch of cycling 2-5 chord progressions. And again, the 2-5-1 most popular chord progression in all of jazz, so really important to learn that one. All right, number 31 is Blue and Green by Miles Davis. beautiful song that's off the kind of blue album right beautiful ballad this isn't actually what i would consider a commonly called a jam session ballad but it's off of kind of blue it's a really important song it's a nice one it has a beautiful vibe and this is actually the one um that we're studying here in the month of november right um the time i'm recording this podcast so november 2022 and the main thing that I called upon our members to do during this song is really focus their improvisations on melody, how to create a great melody. Because to me, um, that's really what this song is about. It's about creating amazing flowing melodies. And it's combining, again, kind of like Beatrice, modal harmony, because that's honestly what Kind of Blue is all about, right? It was like about modal harmony, but also diatonic functional harmony as well. So it's kind of both of that in there. So it's just a haunting tune. It's a beautiful tune. Um, it's a nice one to explore. Some of the chord changes are kind of interesting. You'll have to navigate some of those and come up with creative solutions. But most of all, again, like I told my members, focus on creating beautiful melodies, not forgetting about the chord changes and playing the changes and all that, but creating beautiful melodies. All right, finally, number 32. Um, this is the song that we're studying coming up here um, in the month of December of 2022. And this is one is called East of the Sun, West of the Moon. Right. Beautiful, beautiful, beautiful song. My favorite recording of this, by the way, is Stan Getz and Kenny Barron. They have a duo album called People Time, and they play this song on this album. Really cool. Piano and sax duo. Sounds amazing. Anyways, this is another just important jazz standard to know, like one that people will call or mention. So you want to know it for that reason. But again, also a combination of like very diatonic harmony, but then some twists and turns in it that you might not expect. But honestly, of <laughs> basically, if you study any of the other 30 one jazz standards that I've talked about, all of the concepts that are in East of the Sun, West of the Moon have been covered, right? So if you actually were one of my members who started with us from the very beginning, which by the way, we have lots of people like that, then and who have learned every single jazz standard uh, in our Jazz Standards Club monthly studies, then you know all these concepts coming up in East of the Sun, West of the Moon are actually not going to be um, unfamiliar, right? Which is the beautiful thing. So Hope that you learned something about these 32 jazz standards. My call to action for you would be to consider which ones you don't know or which ones sounded interesting to you and dedicate yourself to learning at least one of those jazz standards and seeing what comes out of it. And I would recommend, by the way, spending one whole month on it, kind of like what we do is 
give it all that time to marinate, to saturate, to work on different elements of the song, like learning the melody really well, learning the chord changes really well, figuring out how to navigate the chord changes, learning maybe some jazz language, like an etude or a solo or some licks, and then practice improvising over it for a while. Giving yourself that time, I think is really important. So that's my call to action for you. All right, that's all for today's show. Thank you so much for listening. Do, do appreciate you. Hope you got a lot out of this. Um, Hey, like I mentioned, we do learn a new jazz standard every single month. So if that kind of sounds interesting to you, then definitely check out our LJS Inner Circle membership. You can find that at ljsinnercircle.com. And uh, I know you'll benefit quite a bit from uh, joining us over there. You can also find that, by the way, in the show notes. There's a link directly to that, or if you're on Spotify or Apple Podcasts, you'll find a link in the description of the show there as well. All right, we're going to be coming out with another great episode of the show coming up next week. So make sure you subscribe wherever you listen to podcasts and we'll see you back then. Cheers. Thanks for listening to the LJS Podcast brought to you by LearnJazzStandards.com. Subscribe to the series on iTunes and don't forget to join our jazz community at LearnJazzStandards.com forward slash newsletter. Hey, podcast listener, would you like to ask me a jazz question and get it answered here on the show? Then go to learnjazzstandards.com forward slash ask. That's learnjazzstandards.com forward slash ask. I look forward to hearing your question and answering it on a future podcast episode. LearnJazzStandards.com forward slash ask or find the link in today's show notes.